Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Straight out of Cobham, the preview show. On today's pod, we're looking ahead to Chelsea's trip to North London to take on Arsenal this coming weekend. We'll also talk transfers and make a case for the defence. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight out of Cobham. Welcome along then to our twice-weekly Chelsea chat. I'm Matt Davis-Adams, joined today by The Athletic's Chelsea correspondent, Liam Toomey. Koundé update. Hello. <laughs> I've had about 100 of those tweets alone, so I can't imagine what it's like for you. Uh, also with us, former Blue Sam Parkin. Hi, Sam. Morning, Matt. Uh, just a reminder, by the way, listener, that if you use the code CHELSEAPOD, you can get 33% off an Athletic subscription. Many thanks to those of you who are already subscribers and have put in your questions via real time. We'll get to some of those later in the show. Theathletic.com slash ChelseaPod, the place to go to sign up. Use the code ChelseaPod and you'll get 33% off a subscription. Right, let's get straight to it. First port of call, the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal versus Chelsea on Sunday, then contrasting fortunes for the two teams last weekend as they both began their Premier League campaigns with derbies. The similarities ended there, though. Arsenal well beaten by Brentford, whilst Chelsea eased past Palace. Uh, Liam, I guess the, the key question here is, will Romelu Lukaku be in from the start? He he says that he's ready to play. Do you think that, that Tuchel will give him a run out straight away? Well, I think we won't know for certain until we actually see the team because I wouldn't put it past Tuchel to maybe be a bit cautious with him physically. But if he insists he's ready and he actually is ready, uh, I think he will play and I think he will start um, as long as there's no physical barrier to it because you've paid £100 million for him and he's already missed the first game of the Premier League season. He wants that golden boot. Uh, so every minute counts from here. And um, yeah, I, I'd expect him to play. I think he, he was asked in his unveiling press conference about uh, the challenges of facing Arsenal and kind of inheriting the the Drogba role of tormentor-in-chief. Um, so I think he'll be quite keen to, to do that and try and mark his debut with... Um, with, with a with a memorable performance. Sorry, that was my dog's tail. Just knocked the screen. <laughs> Luckily, the listeners can't see that. Um, Sam, he's only got two in 15 against Arsenal. He says he, he won't have to adapt to the Chelsea system because he plays that way with Belgium. Is that a fair enough comment? And, and really, there's not that much to adapt to when you're as good as him, is that you should be able to play in any kind of system? Yeah, t- totally. I don't buy into that too much. And obviously, he's got recent experience as you say, playing with his national side in in the summer. Um, it'll be a question if he's ready physically, um, but considering the, the layout in, in funds, I think he goes straight in. I really do. And when you look at the way that Arsenal faltered at Brentford, playing against a physical striker in Ivan Tony, that may be something that Thomas Tuchel thinks about. It's the configuration, I suppose, of those front players, which is going to be interesting. Does he 
player partner for Lukaku. Uh, he's prospered in in that regard in Italy. Or does he go with a tried and tested two number tens? Um, that we're obviously going to find out at the weekend. But I think Lukaku. Uh, he looks in incredible shape, first and foremost. Um, I know Black is slimming anyway, isn't it? The training kit, but he looks absolutely incredible. So really fascinating learning about that diet he had on Antonio Conte and um, it looks good on him. So I'm looking forward to him being unleashed. Yeah, apparently noodles are the key. Uh, well, the Blues yeah. number nine was reintroduced in a press conference on Wednesday and he spoke about the advice he's been given upon his return by a certain Didier Drogba. Well, I kept it really simple. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, was, I was really happy about the improvements that I made uh, in the last couple of seasons. Um, but, you know, he's always saying that there is more work to be done and I think he's, uh, I think that's, that's the right mindset if you really want to achieve the maximum at the end as a football player is all about improving week in week out I think uh, the last two years uh, you know has been great for myself on uh, club level international level now uh, I get the chance um, to join a team that's very hungry very ambitious and uh, you know I can't wait to to help them and to 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 add something new to to their playing style uh, away from Lukaku, Brendan's tweeted the show. He wants to know who else starts against Arsenal. Liam, some of the, the people I thought might come in. Havertz, James, Chilwell, hudson Adoy. I'm less sure on. Yeah, I think this is probably the more interesting aspect of Chelsea's team rather than you, you'd have to assume Lukaku will, will probably start. Um, the players around him, particularly in that forward line, will be very, very interesting for kind of establishing Tuchel's thinking um, for the rest of the season. I think we will see Havertz again. I think James, yeah, James probably will come in. Chilwell hasn't played a minute yet, so you would expect him to, to provide a bit more energy on that left. Although maybe maybe Tuchel thinks Marcus Alonso deserves a bit of a run now after his opening day performance. And he has um, done his own bit to torment Arsenal in the past. Um, I think Hector Bellerin remembers that better than most. Um Hudson Adoy, I'm not so sure about because he he seems to be where he is in the pecking order right now. If he gets minutes, it would only be as a wing back uh, rather than in that front three, which I'm sure is very frustrating for him. But that just seems to be the way Tuchel's thinking. Uh, we're recording this before Tuchel's pre-Arsenal press conference, so we don't know about Angola Kante and uh, Christian Pulisic, who both set out the open training session on Wednesday. Uh, Sam, we all had a good laugh at Arsenal against Brentford on Friday. Is there a danger, though, that, that we might underestimate them? How do you see a way that they, they hurt Chelsea in their current iteration? Well, I don't think you can get too bogged down in, in one game. Um, it's the first game of the season against a, a really vibrant Brentford side and Brentford Stadium. Um, you just only have to look at the recent record against Arsenal to know that they can bite you. Um, three straight defeats, isn't it? I think against Arsenal. Um, I thought the left side was good. I think Kieran Tierney's a great outlet. I thought that was the most consistent combination, Zaka to, to Tierney down the left. Um, they have to be wary of that. I would imagine that Saka could come in on that left-hand side for Martinelli. That's a really good combination. And Smith-Rowe, obviously, has scored against Chelsea previously. was fantastic, I thought, in that game, even in defeat. So he will be at the, the forefront of their quick, incisive football around the box. So you always have to be wary that they can cut you open. They can make overloads and um, 
play that nice sharp one two touch football that Arsenal will always have that in that armory unfortunately for them they don't really have the personnel probably to do the other side which is the 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 closing down and I think Arteta wants to improve in that regard without Lacazette in particular they're a little bit patched up but of course they they have their threats but I would see you know that trio of younger players Tierney Saka Smith Rowe probably carrying the fight more than any others well, Tammy Abraham netted the all-important goal the last time Chelsea went away to Arsenal in the league. We'll talk about his departure and other transfer news next. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So on Tuesday, finally confirmed that Tammy Abrahams left Chelsea to join Roma for £34 million. What's his legacy, Sam? I was looking back at the video that that he put out on, on social media and... It's personal bias, but I kind of more associate him with with youth cups and youth leagues, and and when he really exploded onto the scene then. But but it's easy to forget that he he's finished as Chelsea's top scorer for for two seasons in a row, and and almost taken the burden off the number nine shirt a little bit. Yeah, I think doing a a very good job in difficult circumstances. I would say um, when he was thrust into the first team, I, I think just being a really good role model as well for the younger players that are coming through at Cobham, especially the front players. It's not easy to break into this Chelsea squad, especially not as a um, a goal scorer, someone who's got that burden to carry um, when they complete their loan moves, do the business in the lower tiers and then make that transition to the first team. I think he's dealt with it brilliantly. I think he's been a brilliant role model off the pitch. In terms of moments, um, I would point towards those goals at Norwich. I know it's his debut and it's quite simplistic, but he was coming under increasing scrutiny, I felt, at that stage from the Chelsea supporters. Uh, I think he'd missed in the Super Cup, hadn't he? And um, had had one or two opportunities and it was very much a question as to whether he was going to be good enough. And I think he answered them emphatically that day and went on to get that wonderful hat-trick at Molyneux as well. So I think that was a brilliant period for him and probably you know, why he's gone on to have a successful couple of years in terms of goal scoring. But yeah, I I think the overall memory of him for the moment is just being a really good team player and and someone who seemed to knuckle down and even in departing the football club has has said the right things, which is, uh, you know, commending for him. Liam, I'm really interested in this this buyback clause. Reports are that Chelsea can get him back for, for double what they've sold him for in two years' time and, and not before. What do you think the chances of that being activated are? And, and has it been put in basically to safeguard against a De Bruyne-Salah situation? Yeah, I think that's primarily the concern at the Chelsea end. You don't want 
You don't want a, a situation where Abraham matures into one of the best strikers in the world, comes back to the Premier League to join one of your rivals, um, which would probably be the likeliest scenario if that happened, um, and ends up tormenting you for years to come. The other thing about the buyback is it depends on whether Tammy Abraham wants to come back. You know, the player does get a say. You don't just get to activate it and bring them back. Um, but the, there's been nothing in anything that anyone said publicly, at least, to suggest that Abraham wouldn't be open to that when, the, if the time ever came. Things don't seem to have soured for him. So it, it really just depends on Abraham's trajectory from here. If it, if he kicks on, if he becomes one of the best strikers in Serie A, if he, if he flourishes maybe on, on the Champions League stage um, in the next couple of years, then he can put himself in a, in a very different position um, and be regarded very differently by Chelsea and, and elsewhere in Europe in quite a short space of time. You know, we, we saw when Lukaku left England, when he left Manchester United, I think a lot of people, you know, regarded it, that spell as, as kind of a failure at the top level in the Premier League. And, and after two brilliant years at Inter, I think he's he's now regarded very, very differently in England. It's a better move for him, Sam, isn't it? I think than than say if he'd moved to a, a mid-table Premier League team. You know, if he'd gone back to to Aston Villa or, or whatever. In in terms of reputation, it just feels like he can enhance it more by by being outside of England, sort of in the way that Lukaku did. Yeah, and you you admire young British players taking the opportunity to to go and play in a different league. And and Liam's absolutely right. He just can try and look at Lukaku's last couple of seasons for motivation and for inspiration to to get back to where he wants to be. And playing in Italy, the the technical side of the game and the tactical side of the game, I'm sure will improve him. And that's where he needs to improve, you know, to get to that next level, to become a a regular starter in the Champions League. He needs to tidy up his all-round game. There's no question marks about the ball when it's flashed across the six-yard box that Tammy will be there. He does that better than most, but... It's that ability to bring people into play and use his body, which he needs to improve on. And I think that's what Lukaku, he hasn't come out and said it as such, but he's alluded to the fact that Antonio Conte saw weaknesses in his game and said in no uncertain terms, you don't improve with your back to goal, using your body, keeping hold of the ball for the side, then you're not going to be in my team. And I think if Tammy can improve in those areas, he could be playing regular Champions League football for a top English club, in three or four years, no question. Set October 31st in your calendars, Chelsea fans. Roma versus Milan. Tamori versus Tammy. I think that will be a lot of fun to watch, provided they're both available. Maybe with some added Olivier Giroud thrown in. It's a big task for, for Tammy and for, for Jose Mourinho. Roma finished seventh last season. They were 29 points behind the champions Inter. Uh, but we wish him all the best. In other Chelsea striker exit news, Michy Batshuayi has joined Besiktas on a season loan. He's also extended his contract until 2023. Uh, Liam, presumably this is because there were no takers for a permanent deal and Chelsea are, are, what, hoping that this time next year when things have picked up a bit in this depressed market, they might be able to command a fee? This time next year, Chelsea will be millionaires uh, in... (laughs) They'll, they'll have flipped Batshuayi and made a handsome profit. Um, we've been having this conversation for years, haven't we? Not necessarily on this podcast, but it's been a thing in the Chelsea landscape. As far as I understand it, you know, Besiktas have been one of the leading suitors for Batshuayi all summer and talks began 
as uh, a possible permanent move. So what clearly happened was that Besiktas didn't make an offer that satisfied Granovskaya. And, th- and this has been a running theme with other you know, players that are surplus, the first team requirements at Chelsea, but particularly with Batshuayi, uh, where even the clubs that have made offers to buy him have not met Granovskaya's expectations. It's probably fair to ask whether those expectations are realistic now, given that he's off the back of an underwhelming year at Crystal Palace. He's now got the reputation as a bit of a nomad because that's what happens when you go on loan after loan. And he's only got a year left on his contract anyway. So that that kind of caps his value regardless of how well he's playing. So it's... I think a lot of Chelsea fans want to see these, you know, these situations get a bit of closure, not just with Batshuayi, Drinkwater, Zappacosta. I think it would probably be in the players' best interests as well, just to make a fresh start and actually be the permanent employee of a club that wants them and considers them a key part of their plans rather than just in this kind of bank of loan assets. Um, the other thing to point out is that something that my colleague Raf Honigstein uh, mentioned to me was that apparently it's against FIFA rules to loan a player out in the final year of their contract, uh, which is why you often see these kind of extend and loans from Chelsea in particular, because if if they didn't do that, they would be forced to sell Batshuayi or keep him in the reserves for a year. Uh, and neither of those options clearly were particularly palatable to Granovskaya. There you go, Nathaniel. That's answered the question that you uh, posed to us on the real-time section of the Athletic app. Here's another one from MD. Sam, this is for you. From a player's perspective, why would a player want to extend his contract knowing he'll just get loaned out again? Why not just find a club he wants on a free uh, my answer to that would be probably because that's what the club have told him to do and financially that's going to be the best thing for him. Is that been a bit too obvious? No, I, th- I think that's probably bang on. Um, I mean, exter- from from the outside, looking in at Batshuayi, he seems to be the type of player who just gets on with it, doesn't he? And he's getting great experience in different countries. And um, yeah, he seems to just embrace each challenge. Unfortunately, he's not getting the goal return. It's had a knock-on effect, I would I would say, with his, his international chances, just featured for, for, for 14 minutes, I think, during the Euro. So you hope that he goes, scores goals this year, and someone comes up with the, the, the amount of money that's going to prize him away from Chelsea. Um, otherwise, you just get into this, this difficult cycle of not really having a home. And at 27, 28 years of age that he is now, he needs that. He needs that desperately because, you know, he can be a quality finisher. It's not going to work out for him at Chelsea. Uh, but you hope that this, this loan can look a little bit more like the Borussia Dortmund move than the last couple. The only other thing to say is that I know, you know, a lot of people saying this is kind of cynical practice by Chelsea and, you know, borderline exploitative of players. But what I would say is in these situations, the player has to go along with it. But Shuaii has to be happy to to sign extension after extension and go on loan after loan in order to be in this situation. And the fact that it's happening suggests that he's happy enough with the arrangement, whatever you might think of that. Uh, Liam, what about some of the other cast-offs, for, for want of a, a better word, ratio God, asking for updates on Emerson, Bakayoko, Zappa Costa, Barkley, etc. The club presumably would, would rather sell those players than loan them, but we'll probably get to the end of August and they'll all have gone on loan. Yeah, I mean, the only ones really to, 
to talk about at the moment are Emerson, um, who looks like he's getting close to Leon. Um, that arrangement it seems likely is to be a loan with an option to buy. And given that he's probably the most saleable asset of those names, you know, he just started for the team that won the European Championships, probably doesn't bode particularly well for the other for the other players on that list. We know that Zappacosta has interest from Italy as well, but no one in Italy has any money at the moment, so that will probably be a loan as well. And uh, yeah, I think that broader assessment from you, Matt, is right. They'll probably end up out on loan again and, and Chelsea end up kicking these cans down the road for another year. Uh, last one on transfers comes from Callum. Any likelihood of Zuma actually going to Spurs? We have a tumultuous history regarding transfers with them. We know that John Terry doesn't want him to go. What about Zuma himself and the club? Um, well, he's not you know, key to Tuchel's plans. You've seen Trevor Chaloba's been playing over him at the start of this season and every other centre-back on the first team books is above Zuma in Tuchel's pecking order. So it's, it's in everyone's interest, I think, for for Zuma to go somewhere else and, and play more regularly. Again, the only thing that hasn't been answered yet is just whether a club's going to put up the money. And I, I don't actually think Chelsea would have a ton of qualms if Tottenham were the club that put up that money. But it would have to be a good offer. Daniel Levy's not going to lowball his way into Kurt Zuma. Sam, would you ever have considered moving directly from, from one rival club to another? I mean... Kurt Zuma's had some good moments at Chelsea. I don't think you put him down as a as a Chelsea legend, so it's not like he's going to be, you know, irreparably damaging his reputation with the club if he makes the move. But it puts pressure on you when you get to the new club that is the rival of your old club. Surely, I think it does. I, I noticed that John Terry had his say um, in three words. Was it? I think yesterday, uh, hoping that Zuma didn't didn't make the move. But I think it does come into the thought process. It certainly did for me. Obviously. Further down the leagues, there was talk of me moving to Oxford later in my career and having had the the, the, the period I had at Swindon, it was just something that I wouldn't have entertained. Um, but, you know, I think that's quite a rarity in, in football. I'm not sure Zuma would be thinking along the same lines as that if it's the best offer presented to him. He'll have to consider it. Um, and yeah, he'll, he'll, I don't know. I think for, for Zuma, he needs to go somewhere potentially where he's not going to fall into the same trap that he maybe is at Chelsea at the moment where... Tuchel probably wants a little bit more uh, quality, I suppose, when they're playing out with the ball. And that's maybe where he just falls down a little bit in comparison to to Rudiger, Aspilicueta. And obviously the two guys that play the central position um, have got that in abundance. So he'll have to pick the, the right fit for him. And I suppose that's um, something he's got to have in his mind when he's contemplating a, a switch to Tottenham. Well, on Monday, we spoke about our preferred front three. Seems like Zuma isn't in Thomas Tuchel's preferred backline, but what about ours? Just another Chelsea fan has tweeted this show to ask, do you think Tuchel will switch to four at the back? Uh, never mind, Tuchel. What about Parkin and Toomey? Uh, Liam, let's have your defensive system and personnel of choice, please. I don't think Tuchel's going to switch to four at the back. I know a lot of people have asked this. They, they're primarily the people that want to see Tuchel switch to four at the back. Um, but we didn't see it in pre-season. I think if Tuchel was going to do it, we would have seen it a lot more in those friendlies. So I think it'll be the same system as last year. And as for the back three, this was another thing I touched on with Simon Johnson, the piece we did on Chelsea's best 11. I ended up going for the back three that started the Champions League final 
Rudiger Silva as Piliqueta. I just think they they work so well together as a unit. If you if you were going to play another Champions League final tomorrow, you'd probably go with those three. But having said that, I think if you know, I I wouldn't have any problems with Christensen playing either because he's really blossomed into the defender that I think everyone thought he could become over the last few months, both for Chelsea and for Denmark. And he's more than capable of just stepping into that silver role and not missing a beat. Yeah, Sam, I've got Christensen ahead of silver in my back three with James and Chilwell at wing back. Can you offer any advance on, on what Liam and I have put forward? Um, if you're asking me right now, going into the weekend, I'd um, I'd keep Trevor Chaloba in there for, for the moment. But moving forward, yeah, I'd probably go Rudiger, Christensen, Azpilicueta and the two younger chaps at wingback in Chilwell and James. That would be how I'd see it probably when everyone's got more minutes under their belt and we've progressed into the season. Um, I think Rudiger's statistics last season mean that he is a given. Chelsea are a better side when defensively when he is in it. And I think Thiago Silva with, a, I think, potentially having three games in September for Brazil and going to be late back home for the, is it the Aston Villa home game? Um, I think something like that probably does come into the manager's thought process once you're into the season. And I just think it's Christensen's time. I think he's been another one who... I mean, he's coming on a decade at the club. Um, the progression is clearly there in his performances. Silver's still going to have a huge part to play, but I would probably just plump for the for the younger man for the reasons I've stated. Yeah, remember, uh, Azpilicueta, Rudiger, Christensen and Silver are all out of contract at the end of this summer, so maybe they'll feel they have to play Christensen to, to convince him to stick around. We shall see. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
Elsewhere in Chelsea news, the under-23s started their season with a two-all draw away to Spurs. Harvey Vale had the Blues 2-0 up at the break before they were pegged back. Their next game is this Friday against Manchester United at Stamford Bridge. You can get tickets for that for a fiver for adults and £3 for concessions. All right, we're nearly done for today, but after the success of last week's effort, I'm going to spring another quiz on you, I'm afraid, chaps. Uh, Twelve players have played for both Arsenal and Chelsea in the Premier League. Producer Lucy's going to get the clock ready. 90 seconds on it. You can go alternate and we'll see how many you can name. I'm just going to get my clock ready too. Okay, the 90 seconds starts. Sam, you're going first. The 90 seconds starts now. Oh my God. Um, William. Correct. Olivier Giroud. Correct. Benayoun, Yossi Benayoun. Well, that is a fantastic wow. shout, and it's correct. <laughs> uh, Manu Petit. Correct. Racing through these. William Gallas. Correct. Lasana Diara. Very good, yes. 30 seconds gone. We're going to get this done with time to spare. We're not. Oh, Peter Check. Correct. Now I'm screwed. Um... Oh, Ashley Cole. The good news is I've just realised I've put one in twice, so it's only 11. We've not said Ashley Cole, have we? Correct. Ashley Cole is right. There are three more to get. 40 seconds to do it in, Sam. No, go on, Liam. In the Premier League era? Yep. Uh... I mean, these are three, like, honkingly obvious ones as well. (laughs) 20 seconds. Look at the smug laughs from the people looking at the list. <laughs> Don't need your judgment. Um, 10 seconds. Anybody going to chuck one out? I'll open it to the floor. The floor this is, is just laughing producer Lucy. That's the entire floor. <laughs> right, time is up. The three that you missed, and you will kick yourself. One of them, David Luiz. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Nicholas Anelka. A reasonable career for, for both clubs. Uh, and the other one, and I mean, incredible stuff, this. Sesc Fabregas. Yeah, I'm, oh. yeah, I'm retiring. <laughs> That's the only one I'm irritated about. <laughs> yeah, Always good to end the show on a downer. Um, Liam, what are you writing for athletic subscribers to enjoy? See, that, that, that shows my kind of niche on the Chelsea beat, the fact that I would say Lasana Diara and not Sesc Fabregas. That Benayoun and Diara came out before Fabregas is is quite incredible. Um, maybe there's a maybe there's an eight thousand word piece in in that somewhere. But until then, what what have you got in store for the weekend? I'm working on a piece about the the problems that Arteta has given Chelsea, uh, or the problems that Chelsea have had with Arsenal's with Arteta's Arsenal, featuring all sorts of freaky things like Kante falling over. Tammy Abraham trying to defend his own penalty error on one leg and much more. And then on the weekend, I'm doing a piece on which forwards fit best around Romelu Lukaku, just discussing that and different possible combinations, because I think that's going to be a defining question of Chelsea's season. Liam, you also appeared on the Athletic Football Show, talking Chelsea too. Yeah, yeah. I was actually discussing uh, the work of others, Um, the the piece that Simon Johnson and Raf Onigstein did on on Tuchel's pre-season and how he's uh, happier at Chelsea than he's ever been any other time in his career. Not Simon, um, Tuchel. Uh, 
So yeah, that I I went on and kind of uh, took credit for that piece and discussed more broadly Tuchel at Chelsea. So yeah, by all means, give that a listen. Yeah, and remember, if you go to theathletic.com slash Chelsea pod and sign up, you get 33% off the price of a subscription. And if you listen via the website or app, you get all the podcasts for free, but with the adverts removed too. Uh, Sam, we've got plenty of listeners from outside the UK. Some of them might be able to hear you describing the game from the Emirates. Am I right? Yeah, I'll be covering it for the TalkSport International um, yeah, broadcast. So really looking forward to, to that. Um, and yeah, going to be at a game on Saturday as well. So busy weekend of football, but looking forward to seeing, hopefully, Lukaku uh, do some damage a la Ivan Tony. Never thought I'd be saying that in the same sentence. <laughs> I'll be at the Emirates on Sunday. I'm also covering that PL2 game I mentioned, so you can watch that live on the fifth stand if you like. Uh, on Monday, we will react to Arsenal versus Chelsea. Liam will join me for that, as well as Don Fifield making his return. Until then, from all of us here, including special guest Ruby, it's bye for now. Forgive me, Sesk. <laughs> The Athletic.